As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hello and welcome to The Ruck. I'm Owen Slot of The Times. Exciting news. Normally we do this with my regular, quietly spoken dance partner who tap dances daintily through the issues of the day. Instead of the raging polemicist, today we've gone down a different route. We've got in a rugby player instead. But I'm not really sure I can call you that, can I, Will? Not anymore, no, unfortunately. We could play a game of body parts with Will Fraser. Which bits haven't been busted? <laughs> Hip, knee, foot, ankles, left and right, the back. I don't know how many bits of the back have gone. Slip, disc, bleed on the spine. Yeah. I did a bit of Googling, but that's just for starters. Except it's not really a game, is it? Two years ago, when Will Fraser was able to string a sequence of games together for Saracens, he would inevitably be spoken of as the possible next England open side. He grew up in the Saracens Academy from his early teens with the likes of Owen Farrell, Jamie George, George Cruz... All players who have fulfilled the promise that he always showed. But Will's run of games became shorter and the time in between in rehab even longer. And then finally in August, an email came through from Saracens that Will Fraser had been forced to call it quits. Um, Will, I'm so pleased to have you with us today. Y- your intro reads too much like an obituary. <laughs> um, and, and I'm not going to do this um, ruck special with my head slightly tilted to one side no. and going, ah. Um, <laughs> Uh, but you are a, a story of the modern game, um, and and that's the point, and that's why I'm so glad that you're here today. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. Um, so, normally you'd have been playing on a weekend, or you'd mm. have been hoping to play on a weekend. So, what did you do? Just start. What did you do this weekend? Just gone. Um, so I did go down to watch the boys. Um, it was my first time back at Alliance Park on the the other side of the fence, as it were. Um, so it was, a, it was a bit strange. I kind of walked through uh, the stadium with my head down, just tried to sort of keep myself to myself, and then uh, was up in saying hello to a few people up in the, the lounges. And Jim Hamilton now sort of does the the MCing in the corporate yeah, lounges, and, yeah. and he spotted me. And, and Jim, being Jim, made it public that I was hiding in the corner. <laughs> um, but it was it was good. It was nice to see the boys, and you know that you know I, I had a bit of a weird one after because usually we always used to go back in the changing room, and and so I was with Chris Wilde and he was heading back in and I sort of stopped in my tracks he said oh Will what are you doing I said oh I'll, I'll let you go and I'll, I'll catch you after and he goes no, don't be daft like come with you're still part of the part of the boys so that was quite nice um, but I have to say that introduction is the first time I've actually had someone read back to me the the list of of ailments and it well I, I, is, I'm sure I've missed out yeah, a no, few bits they, and pieces a couple yeah but even <coughs> even so it's, it's um yeah, it's quite staggering when you look back at it. So, so that um that game on Saturday was that was your first time that you'd been back since. Yeah, so I did um <coughs> I did the a bit of radio stuff for the Northampton game, but that was in a obviously in a different capacity. So I, I was you know sort of busy doing all that. But this is the first time I actually went back 
as a well as a fan now. did you pay for a ticket uh, no, I still got a season pass, so it's all right. So because it was August, I was still on the list for everything. So right. I still got, uh, I still got all the the goodies for one year at least. Yeah. And, and that was, and that must have been a weird moment when you say you're standing outside the change room. You're not quite sure if mm. you belong or not. No, very strange. And even when I got in, I kind of the boys do the, the tiki tonga after we won, and I kind of just stayed behind the huddle until some of the boys. Jamie was the one that actually grabbed me and, and pulled me in. Right. But uh, no, it's just I suppose it's just all. The, the last few months has been a lot of first times and new things. It's just getting used to a, a different routine and sort of a different daily life. Mm-hmm. So d- during the game, we saw Billy go, Billy mm-hmm. Vanapola go off with a knee injury, which can take him out for four months, I think. Yes. Um, Saracen's lost Schaltberger to uh, an, an injury. Yeah, it's like shoulder lap. He's got a shoulder injury, so he's out for a, a month. Mm-hmm. And Michael Rhodes has got shoulder uh, surgery required mm. on shoulders, so he's out for three months, I think. Yes, around so there. Yeah. What's the chances of your retirement? <laughs> uh, sorry, of your comeback? I mean, you've the, that's that's an entire bat row wiped out in the, in the is, space of a week, it? isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I should have held again, on for a few more months. But again, that's sort of that's sort of what this is what this is about, or what mm. what, what your story is about. It's, yeah. it's the game and yeah. how attritional it is, and it is. I mean, it's um, it's ever every year, you know, it gets more and more physical. Boys are getting bigger and stronger, and. I just think, you know, but having said that, you still get these sort of Jackson Rays, um, Jamie Georges, Owen Farrells, who have all had injuries along the way. Yeah. But, you know, on the whole, just really robust guys who who can get through three, four seasons on the trot without anything touch wood too major. And then you get sort of the, the guys on the other end of the spectrum, myself and a, a few other guys in the league and at the club. And it's just, the part of it's a bit, I think, is a bit of luck, is... is, is and how your body's just made up but equally as you say the game is getting the boys are getting bigger boys are getting stronger and you are seeing now more more and more sort of longer term injuries mm. as opposed to just the odd <clears throat> sort of hamstring or calf Do you, can you um can you talk us through through what sort of led into august and and finally i mean finally what um what made that decision that you were going to finish because because I, I would sort of watch you so over the last two years, because mm. I remember when Eddie Jones took over, and there, there was a lot of you know who's going to be in the yeah. England squad, and 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 you were a name that lots of people were talking mm. about, but but you were in and out with injuries a lot. Yes, and and um and then so sort of since then, it was like well maybe if Will got a run of games together, then he mm. then he might get a look in, and then and then it sort of became more like when is he going to get a run of games? Yeah. and I just imagine from your point of view that just the frustration of I mean that's two years of of just not quite being able to do what you wanted to do and yeah massively I think um, under Stuart before Eddie I, I missed out on two summer tours that I was due to go on because I ended up having surgery back end of the season uh, Argentina when the boys went to Australia with the Lions and I think the New Zealand tour which was maybe the year after really and Sir Langston said you would have been on that tour had you been yeah fit? but both yeah Stuart rang me before the New Zealand one and said I had just come back from a foot and ankle surgery and I just hadn't managed yeah. to get enough game time so yeah. that was and then um the one before I tore my lat off the bone so it was just Oof. kind of I was I was I think that that year I'd done a Saxons I'd been involved in a few of the Six Nations yeah. camps uh, and then the lat came off and then that was sort of that was that summer so um yeah I mean it's, unfortunately it's kind of been the story of my career a little bit as you say has always been if I played then maybe I could have done x y and z but to be quite honest when I look back at it now and you get a bit holistic and philosophical about the whole thing, um, I had an unbelievable career, hmm. even without the England stuff. I've 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 won the double, 
Um, I've played with and against some of the best players in the world. I've made some unbelievable memories with people I love and I care about. So, yes, it would have been amazing to have played for England and that was always the sort of ultimate goal and dream. But even without doing that, I, I still feel incredibly, incredibly privileged to have done what I've done. Do, do you have any regrets about the fact that every picture of you um, with the double team, the beard. which was the highlight of your career, I yeah. would guess. You had this most extraordinary yes. beard, which was which was almost like a um, like a dare, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, it was. A, yeah, it was a bet. So, in the short answer to your question, is yes. <laughs> uh, but equally, we, we raised a lot of money for um, for Great Ormond Street with it. Oh, that makes you. it. Okay. Yeah. So right. it was. Um, we it was like, a, we like the beard. Yeah, it was a bet with a friend. So a very good friend of mine, as a kid, was in Great Ormond Street. And um, I'd got a bit lazy with it, and he, was, he said, "Are you growing it for any reason?" And I said, "No, no, I'm just just being a bit lazy." And he said, well, "Why don't we make a bet?" And then so you're not allowed to get rid of it or trim it until you score three tries. And each week we, we both donate a certain amount of money, and then we put it up and, and get people to join in. And as it turned out, it couldn't have been written any any better. So I scored my first try in the first game of the season. Yeah. So we thought, God, this isn't going to last long. Yeah. Second try came halfway. I actually dropped the ball over the line against Exeter, which would have been the third, and I didn't score the final one until the Premiership semi-final, which was the penultimate game of the year. So it actually lasted the entire season. Brilliant. So yeah, we raised over ten grand in the end. But so you it was, kept um, it for the fi- for the European yeah, final. Yeah, because the boys got really superstitious about it. Oh right. So I scored in the semi, <laughs> and I was in the change room. I was like, right, it's gone, get it off. And then uh, Wiggy actually came up to me and said, "There is no way that beard's going. Like you have to keep it for the final now." So like fine. So literally, we got in the changing room after Premiership final. Scott Britz is uh, shaving my beard off with a with a trimmer he'd bought. He'd had it in his bag, I think, for the last two months. Right, just right. in case it, I scored. Yeah, celebrity beards. That was the yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, it was. When I, you're right. When I look back at it now, I think, yeah, you know, hopefully there will be a lot more to come. But the most successful season the, the clubs had to date. And every picture of me with any form of trophy or medal we're celebrating is with that <laughs> massive beard. So, yeah, it won't you, be coming back. I can say that much. You, you mentioned um, uh, Richard Wigglesworth just then. Mm. Um, so, so while we're just on this theme of your, your England career that you never quite got the chance at, mm. the Saracens, your, your team is packed solid with international yeah. players, but there's also quite crammed with players where people are going why why isn't he playing for England why isn't he playing yeah. so so you got so I was, Richard Wigglesworth Alex Good has got a lot mm. of fans out there yeah and Jackson Ray we, yes they, they could all be in, in Eddie Jones England team easily which, which of those do you think is the hardest done by um, well I suppose I, I probably have to say Jack Jackson because Wiggy and Goody have played for England yeah. and they, they, they've you know e- they should equally be there now but they've sort of they've been able and they've had that that chance to do it whereas Jacko for me from a club point of view without him over the last few years the club wouldn't have done as well as it has he's just been every single game 80 minutes first carry to the last carry first hit to the last hit is just one of the hardest men I think I've ever yeah. I've ever played. He's got with. that kind of robustness thing that we were just, talking yeah, about. Yeah, he's just a he's a dense human. He's just a <laughs> dense guy. Um, we'll we'll chuck it up all day long for you. Works unbelievably hard for whatever reason. Just hasn't been in favour with with Eddie or or Stuart. But he's uh, hopefully he'll get some that come in the next few years. But so far, I think he's he's kind of been robbed of a robbed of an England career. D- does he does he know what he's supposed to be doing? I mean, uh, I don't know. It's hard because. Do you guys I mean, talk about that sort of thing? I mean, do you uh, sit in the yeah. change room going, Jackson, why are you, you know, why are you here? You should be in Penny Hill with kind the, of, the rest yeah. of them. It's um the last few years it's always been sort of when the boys have gone away for the autumn or Six Nations, mm. sort of from our 
our group, if you like. Mm. Sort of me and Jacko, the two that. Um, well, I say me and Jacko. Jacko plays. I tend to be in the gym doing rehab. But um, but and we we chat about it. And when the selection stuff comes up, and and I, you know, he's one of my best mates. So we talk about a lot of stuff. But we just say, have have you been told anything or this that, and the other? And he either says yes or no. And then we just, to be honest, we just get on with it because. Mm. You know we're at, we're at an incredibly good place in terms of the club. So even when you're not, if you've not been picked, it's still it's such a good place to come into that actually you kind of get over it relatively quickly because you've got a job to do at the club and you've got to be there for everyone else. So um, so yeah, but I think I think he will have well, he should have plenty of opportunities to come if he keeps keeps is playing. It, is playing. it to an extent a bit of a curse to be in in that bracket? I mean, it's a media thing we're talking about. Who's mm. If if he wasn't there, then if if we weren't talking about him or Chris Ashton a lot, mm. you know, why is he not playing for England? Yeah, yeah. It's good. Then then they would be enjoying their Saracens rugby and 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 not thinking or not being told that that's yeah. way, where your head. I should think be. they still. I think they they still enjoy it. It's a hard one because obviously being there a little bit myself and having a similar sort of thing. There is, uh, to be thought of like that is is not even if you're not being picked. If people are thinking of you in that way, it's obviously a nice yeah, thing yeah. to have. Um, and it, I'm sure it gives them a bit of confidence that obviously they're doing something right if people are talking about them in that breath. Um, but I think, you know, it's the culture and the, the, the group at the, at the club is so strong that actually, regardless of what's going on outside of the club, you know you're, there's a job to do and you know exactly what you need to do yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's very easy to fit into the Saracens way, as we as we call it. Yeah, yeah. So, so we jumped, jumped ahead of it. So Jackson, mm. Ray... You said he was. He's a, he's a dense man. Yes, very dense man. He has, Shedhead, we call him at the club. I do. Yeah, yeah, for obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but he has the robustness that you didn't have. Yeah. So so, in the, in those last two years when you were spending more time in mm. rehab and that, was was your mind going at all to how long can I do this for? How many more injuries? Or was it always at, at the next time I mended, I'll be all right. Uh, to be honest, it was it's probably something that's been was in the back of my head for God, probably the last four or five years that I was playing really. Oh, really? It, in terms of you know, there's ha- I think with what's happened with family stuff off the pitch, there's always that that issue of reality. I think um, and understanding that actually the rugby career, even if I played to thirty five, there's actually a lot more life to live. After rugby, so I've, I think we should well, just explain what you what you're talking about. Sorry, there. yeah, uh, my younger brother Henry Fraser, that I'm sure I don't really need to introduce because because he's more he's, famous than you yeah, now. Oh, he has been since he did by the accident. I have to book in to see him now. That's the problem. I have to ring his PA and say, "Oh, it's right if I see my little brother today." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he's obviously with his, his book now is uh, is flying off the shelves, which is great. So, but I, when he was so when he was 17, 17, he, yeah, yeah 17. he had an accident. Uh, so he went. He was in Portugal with some friends on holiday and. Uh, uh, ran into the sea as everyone does, and there was a little, um, almost like a sandbank. Yeah, and he dived. And into as he's it. as he's as he's run into the water and dived in, he's just hit the top of his head in the sandbank, and um, and yeah, left him as a quadriplegic. But mm-hmm. you would never know that he'd ever had a bad day in his life because he's yeah he's flying. He's he's so busy with his artwork, his mouth paints, uh, his book, his public speaking. Um, and as I say, it's you know I find out what he's doing through his own social media, which is yeah. I say to him, I say, look, not everyone follows you, Henry, just to see what you do. We do follow other people as well. So if you could ease up a bit on the tweets, that would be. Yeah. <laughs> he's active, isn't he? He is very active. Yeah. But but um but having that at home that mm. sort of gave as you say gave you a bit of perspective on 
it's not all about the rugby yeah. or yeah I, definitely and I, I think um, I've had I had a very good upbringing as a kid and, and sort of that side of it was always there and I was always even at school it was always very much you need to get your exams done and get the results yeah. and then that so it's always sort of been in me and then obviously with what happened to Henry kind of hammered at home even more you know I was always trying to be quite active in life outside of rugby whether it was through work experience or um, studying or whatever it was I was trying to do bits and bobs um, and actually the, the work experience I did was quite funny because I sort of took the point of I have no idea what I want to do so I'll just try as many things as I can um, and the chances are there'll probably be things I cross off the list rather than add yeah. to it and they kind of whittle it down right there must be that thing because I've not tried that yet and I don't like everything else so um, so that was good and it was it was good to experience that other side of life And what, what is the thing that has mo- made you most definitely you're not going to do? <laughs> um, cool uh, I did I spent some time at, I mean geez, to be honest, I was never going to do it anyway because I'm not bright enough but I spent some time at a law firm uh, and just sort of shadowed this guy for a while and it, it was an eye opener for those three days it was great because it was something new for yeah. me I've not done it before but yeah, I mean, as I say, I'm nowhere near. Even if I wanted to do it, I'm probably not smart enough to mm. to do it anyway. So that was that was crossed off the list very quickly. But but throughout all that, you were you were still rehabbing, getting through the yeah. the, the next injury or the next yeah, injury, yeah. and yeah, still hoping, still hoping. Oh, don't don't get me wrong. The the first first prize was always rugby, always. Yeah. And I would have I would have played if I hadn't been told that I had to retire. There was no decision to be made. If if, if they'd said there's there was a, a chance, I'd still be. I'll still be a rugby player now, giving it a go. Um, and that was always, I mean, that was the, as with everyone, I suppose, that plays professional sport, that was always the dream as a kid and everything I did in my life was geared towards playing rugby. So, um, as I say, unless I'm, I was categorically told that that was that, I was going to give it a, a shot for as, yeah. as, as long as I could. Well, what are all those weeks and months like when, when you're going into the club and mm. you're the injured guy and you're going to rehab and you're yeah. going to the gym, you're going to the physio? Yeah. <clears throat> do you, I mean, at any club, at Saracens in particular, yeah, you could keep your head up, haven't you? You know, yeah. it's a cheerful place, hundred percent. But, but do you have? Are you acting or you know? How, no, I mean, no, not at all, not at all. Um, I, I, the boys, to be honest, the boys have asked me the same thing. Um, well, like, how do you, how do you stay yeah, positive? Ch- yeah, ch- uh, Marcelo Bosch, I spoke to me a few times. Uh, Scholar Brits and a few other boys just sort of say, how, like, how, how do you still come in and, and you're happy and all the rest of it? And it's, it's definitely not an act a lot of it is because I've been injured so much that I know how to get myself out of it yeah. um, I think the big difference when boys say I, I really struggle is because actually they've not had many big injuries so when they do get a long term one it's quite a big hit to them yeah they suddenly get their life taken exactly yeah. and, and I completely get that because when I I think you know, I had 10 operations whilst I was playing and the first of them was sort of 16 years old that put me out for a while so I was quite young and sort of got my taught myself how to get out of that hole at quite a young age. Yeah, yeah. But then also just you're you're coming in to do stuff with your best mates at the end of the day. Yeah. And and that was something probably I don't know maybe twenty two twenty three that's suddenly dawned on me when I'd had a few that actually I'm coming in and I'm doing what I love generally doing it with with my best mates. Mm. It's my job. Yeah. Um. And actually, there's not a huge amount I actually really have to be down about if I'm being completely honest. Right. Obviously, you want to be playing rugby yeah. in that, but when you when you break it down and you actually think about it in those sort of ways, then what have you? And that's why when people ask me now, do you do you have any regrets or do you still wish you were playing all that kind of stuff? Of course, I wish I was playing, but actually, I've had such a good career. I've had an incredible career yeah. because because mainly I've I've been at a club that have 
shown me an insane amount of loyalty and and love and respect and I feel the exact same back yeah. to them. Yeah. So so I was just going. You you made um 80, had eighty five games of Saracens. Yeah, I think so around there. Your debut was in twenty eleven. So that as yeah. you say, that's a reasonable yeah a reasonable amount of time. Yeah. In lots of games. Mm. So so in August what. what what was the what was the medical opinion that, that finally shut the so, door on it? So I I slipped a disc in my neck sort of halfway through last season, um, and we were we were sort of rehabbing it. and We thought it was just a stiff neck, and then I lost all sort of the strength down one side, and um, so we went for a scan, and it turned out I got a bleed on my spinal cord mm. as well. So it turned out to be a lot more <laughs> serious than we sort of initially thought, and then it just wouldn't. It just wouldn't heal up, wouldn't get any better. Um, and then, you know, we had the option of, of doing a few bits on it, but actually the surgeon just said, look, nothing's going to improve the chance of it getting back. And, you know, if I was going to take a, a whack on it and get back into sort of contact stuff, then there was, it just wasn't going to, it just wasn't going to work. So at the end of the day, there was no decision to be made. Um, the, the surgeon sort of said there, and then unfortunately. And do you remember that? that meeting that day yeah that, yeah it was of... brutal shed a few tears um it, it was it was a difficult one because it had been an ongoing thing for a good few months before then um and we tried a lot of ways to get around it and nothing was really working so there's always that thing in the back of your mind that it's gonna there's it might, an, it, it might yeah, well be yeah and it's... we've got we've got very good physios and medics and people around the club and they sort of said like look we have to be prepared for if if this is what he thinks um and it was and then yeah I suppose you just you just deal with it in your own way I went for a beer in the pub straight after there's a pub down the road that became sort of mine and the physio's local before every every consultation <laughs> um, so we went there and had a, had a pint each and sort of chewed the fat a little bit but um, and then yeah you, and then you went home and you were and I went home you were and, an ex-rugby player uh, yeah pretty much yeah um, yeah my, to be fair I've, I've been very. I've got a, a brilliant girlfriend who was awesome throughout the whole time because I was a bit of a, a wreck at home. Because um, I'm very much sort of thing. I don't even with. I'm very much. I like to deal with stuff privately, yeah. um, and then I deal with it my own way. And once it's done, it's done, and I can just crack on. So, um, yeah, that day, that evening was was pretty rough. And then it was kind of the phone call to mum and dad and and my brothers. And so it was me and Henry. And then we got two more, four of us. Yeah, um, we're all very close. So it was kind of then telling them and, and, and bless them they were all you know no one really spoke but it was all very much right you've got such a good sort of um, good route forward and, and you're going to be great and whatever you end up doing you're going to be brilliant at so it was all very positive all very much looking forward which which was helpful and um, what um, how did you communicate it all to the club and you know the guys you, as you say you'd spent day yeah with? Uh, I told um, sort of the class 08 boys as we've been as we've been called I told them the Farrell before, Jamie George Jamie, George Jamie Jackson George yeah. um, the guys that you've been Owen, you've, been, you've um, been with them every day since you were 14 15 well, yeah me and Jamie joined uh, the junior academy together well James actually actually young he played a year up so right. I was 14 I think he was 13 right, okay. so you've been with and those then, boys since yeah, early kids, teens kids yeah, yeah so um, so it's been I mean we've 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 gone from school to academy academy to first team they've gone on to bigger and better things and you know boys to men we've shared all that every day yeah. together so um, to be honest the hardest thing about the whole process was coming to grips with the fact that I just wouldn't be seeing them every day and we've been in the same changing room for like 10 years and um, there's still no one I walked in the other day the other week 
because um, I want to see who's taken my spot in the changing room and they've written on it Will's spot and they've almost like you know when someone sacrifices the shirt number yeah, yeah it's kind of been like that so that was quite I mean, don't know how long so that will last they've retired your spot for the yeah, moment yeah for the moment until someone comes in and just sort of takes it this is the end of uh, part one we'll be back uh, tomorrow you can download uh, part two of this interview Will Fraser on the Ruck tomorrow iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.